the wall of Jericho as we're giving praises to God. I would just like us to move a little bit fast today. You could go back and go through all of that so that we can see a few more things as I would like to round up this particular subject today. We've been doing this for quite some months now. So we asked various questions in the previous study, but I'm starting with this simple question today. How do we praise God? How do we praise God? It's like saying, from which source ought we to praise the Lord? And I'm sure we read this last week too, but I just wanted to start from there. So look at uh, Psalm 111, like Psalm 111, verse number one. Say, praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. And that simply means all of your being is supposed to be engaged in the praise on the worship of God. And then 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, the Bible says, you can just write it down. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. I will also sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. So our praise should come from his source. Write down Ephesians 5 verse 19. Ephesians 5 verse 19. It says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Your heart to the Lord. Ephesians 5 19. And then Colossians 3 16. Let's write it down. The Bible says, Colossians 3 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I want you to see where the emphasis lies in all these scriptures. Your heart. Amen. So praise must come from the heart. The very throne of God and involve the whole of our being. How do we praise God? From the heart. How do we sing to the Lord? From the heart. How do we make melodies unto God? From the heart. Praise the Lord. All right. My next question. Well, where do we receive power to praise God? Because you see, it is easy for us to say, well, you praise God from the heart. And there's a song we normally sing here also, in the days of that power, the people shall be willing. Is that not true? Amen? Okay. Where do you receive strength to praise the Lord? Sometimes you can, it can be maybe because you got some jackpots, you got some money, you got some breakthroughs. Then you can be singing praises to God. What about if there is no breakthrough? Will you still sing? Now, if the source 
of what that energizes you to praise God is because of the breakthroughs you receive. It's not from the throne. It can't ascend most often. Amen? If you singing melodiously, all because of what you feel God has done, in the context of our spiritual warfare that we are talking about, he can ascend to the throne. Now you look at the case of Jehoshaphat we looked at before in Second Chronicles. It was not because God did anything for them yet. The wall was still standing. The obstacles were still there. The trouble was still facing them. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. In the midst of that, he said, go and praise the Lord. Now, think of how your heart will be in that situation. You're thinking of praising God, but you're also thinking about the enemies that are staring at you. Did you get what I'm talking about? So the ability to bypass the enemies staring at you and still praise God, knowing that even the enemies are just by the gate is what I'm talking about. That thing that can make you to praise him even when you know that enemies are just behind you. That's the question I'm asking. Where is the source of that power? Amen? Come on, are we there? Did you understand what I've just said anyway? Okay, it's important because... Sometimes things are not working right, so you can definitely praise God. But now, we are talking about in the midst of things are not being right. And yet, something is moving you to praise God. Where is this source? What is making you to sing when things are wrong? Let's put it that way. That's what I mean. Things are wrong. You know things are wrong. No money in your account, no money in your pocket, no food. The house, children are crying and then you're singing praises. Maybe one of your child can even slap you. You don't know what you're doing. Okay, let's look at Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Praise the Lord. And verse number three. God is talking about those in Zion. He said, And to appoint unto them that more in Zion, to give unto them beautiful arches, the oil of gladness for mourning, Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they might be what? Glorified. There is something God does to you in the midst of ugly situations. In Zion, He releases a kind of power behind the scene. To cause you to live above the situation. To rejoice even in the midst of what seems like a devastation in your life. A kind of rejoicing still coming to your heart. You don't understand how and why. Now have you felt some things like that? And some days like that you just feel happy on your inside. It's not as if anything specifically has happened. Not as if, but you're just happy. You wake up in the morning you just feel so happy. That's what I'm talking about. But I'm trying to say, I wish it is possible for us to maintain that state. Not because there's any good news, but you just wake up and find that in your heart there is a kind of joy. You know, the way you greet that money is a little bit different. You see everybody, you look so cheerful. But it's not as if there's anything special that has happened, but something is happening on your inside. That's what I mean. Ability to maintain that. The source that kept you happy when nothing has happened. That's what I mean. That is where praise really comes from. And God is talking about 
to appoint unto them. You know when you give an appointment or you appoint something, you are giving something to someone. Those are more in Zion. To give them beauty for what? For ashes. Well, it's a symbol of money. Oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That heaviness in your spirit is just lifted. You don't know why it is lifted. You don't know how it is lifted. But you find that the heaviness is gone. And somehow along the line, because the heaviness is gone, you burst into singing. Some choruses that you can easily, I mean, not remember anymore. They just begin to come from nowhere. The one you sang some five years ago, some ten years ago, they're just coming. That's what I'm saying. The spirit of joy of the garment of praise for the spirit of what? Heaviness. There's a replacement taking place in your life. But there's a way I'm saying, there's a way we can work with God in our understanding of who he is that this thing becomes constant in our life. And when, you see, when God is giving you here the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, he's also dealing with your enemies at the same time. Do you understand that? Because understand one thing. Don't forget. Part of the arrows of the enemy, like we've discussed before, is depression and oppression. Is that okay? Or fine. So when you are heavy, it's like the enemy is oppressing your mind. But now God is replacing that and giving you the garment of praise. Meaning God is dealing with the enemy unknown to you and giving you a power to praise him. Do you understand what I mean here? So we're talking about how do we relate to God to maintain this? So if we must answer the question for where do we receive the power of praise, it's from the Lord. Amen? Okay, number two, Psalm 115, verse number 16. Psalm 115, verse number 16 to 17. Amen. Psalm 115, verse number 16. Just write down 16 to 17, then write down Psalm 88, 8, verse 10 again, too. I'm just going to read those two scriptures straight for us. Psalm 115 verse 16. 115 verse 16. Psalm 88 verse 10. Are we together? Okay, Psalm 115, 16 and 17. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth had he given to the children of men. Is that okay? The dead praise not the Lord. And I like that. Neither any that go down into silence. So who has also praised the Lord? <laughs> Amen. Meaning when the garment of praise is given to you, the remove the spirit of heaviness from your life, there is life coming from the Lord. Because he alone gives life. I am the resurrection and the life. The power of praise, the power of life comes from the Lord. Meaning also because we've left the world, as dead men, now we are alive in God. This spirit and the power of praise, the garment of praise, is supposed to be our own inheritance, something that we live by because the dead can praise the Lord. So, who are those to praise the Lord? Those who are alive. Where are those who are alive? Those who are in Zion. Where is Zion? The church, the redeem of the Lord. So, the one we say, let the redeem of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. For the dead praise not the Lord. You know, Paul was writing to Timothy and he says, She that liveth in pleasure, though she be alive, is what? Is dead. So, when the Bible says the dead doesn't praise you, it's not just talking about those who are in the grave. Talking about those who don't have the life of God. 
So those who are really qualified to praise God are those who have the life of God. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Psalm 88 verse 10, he says, Without show wonders to the dead, shall the dead arise and praise thee? The answer says no. You don't show wonders to the dead. Meaning you show wonders to those who are alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Why will he show wonders to those who are alive? Because those who are alive are those that praise him. Like we read before. Is that okay? Hallelujah. He said, praise him for his acts. It has to do with those who are alive, not those who are dead. You don't show wonders to dead people. You show wonders to those who are alive. And those who are alive praises the Lord. And those who praise the Lord receive the acts of God. Hallelujah. So I simply say the power of praise is given to us by God. Hence, those living in sin and trespasses cannot praise God. You understand what I mean there? Those living in sin and trespasses cannot praise God. The praise even can get stuck in their tongue. Huh? Hey, are you there with me? <laughs> okay, take another question. We must get through with this tonight. What are the conditions for receiving the power of praise? Now we know praise comes from God. Now just follow that. First thing he said, where does the praise come from? Gonna be the, the source of praise is going to be from our heart, from the depth of our heart. Where does the power to praise God come from? Come from God. And then the question is, what are the conditions for receiving the power of praise? Okay? Matthew chapter 21, verse number 16. Amen? What are the conditions for receiving the power of praise? Matthew 21, verse 16. And Jesus said unto him, Here is thou what? I mean, somebody is speaking to Jesus here. And said unto him, Hearest thou what they say? And Jesus said unto them, Yet, not the Pharisees, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and suckling thou hast perfected what? Praise. Mighty 21 16. Where is praise perfected? Mount of babes. I'm going to comment on that, but read another scripture. First Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians fourteen. Are we there? First Corinthians fourteen verse twenty. Some of that you can just write down. You go back home, then you cross stretch your notes and read for yourself as well. Because we have so many scriptures to book, uh, bootstrap what we're trying to say. Okay. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. How be it in malice, be ye children. But in understanding, be what? Be men. Who are babes from this simple definition? Men who cannot keep malice. Huh? Are we here? <laughs> so, it means if you're somebody who can have bitterness, malice, envy, jealousy, you can praise God effectively. God can give you power to praise him. You may join the people in the church to praise God, but it's not from your heart. Because you're going to have a heart of bitterness at the same time using it to praise God. James will ask a question. 
can sweet water and bitter water come from the same source? The answer says no. So you cannot have bitterness and grudging in your heart against somebody and then you're lifting up your hand to praise God. Which God are you praising? You may do that religiously, but the power to praise him is not coming from him. So the praise is not coming from your heart because there is a grudgingness in your heart and bitterness in your heart. Is that okay? A perfect praise for babes. In other words, we must live at the level of innocence all the time before God. Hallelujah. In a power we say, if it is possible within that power, live peaceably with all men. Why is he telling you that? Not for anything, but for your own good. Because if your heart is free, if there is no grudge, if there is no envy, if there is no jealousy against anybody, you can have a right to receive the power of the spirit of praise from the Lord. The garment of praise to lift away the spirit of heaviness can be guaranteed to you when your heart is free against people. Praise the Lord. Okay. Okay, you go to Matthew 18, verse 3. Matthew 18, verse 3. We're talking about defeating the enemy with the instrument of praise in our lives. Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. The Bible says, And said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, these are the same principles you see in there. Amen? Okay, move down to Matthew 6, verse 25. Matthew 6, verse 25. Except you be converted and be as little children, become. That is, that is really <laughs> born again. I don't know. An adult becoming a baby. No, no wonder Jesus was speaking this to Nicodemus, eh? You were born as little children. You become a little children. After becoming like a little child. I don't know. Can you look at the picture? Can you see the way it works? A mature man becoming like a baby. Only sometimes you can look foolish, you know. If you have to come this way. Because children just act the way they are. They don't bother. And you know how children relate. They could fight now. And the next five minutes they are green. Huh? Rubbing mind again together. And even telling the so-called enemy, come, let's go. My father has food, or my mother has food. My mother was just cooking. Let's go. Let's go and eat. That's the one he was fighting with. Now look at how an adult would treat such a person. Huh? I swear, <laughs> this man will never come to my house anymore all the days of my life. You are prone to swearing. You just draw a line. Never. What children don't they have a never in their dictionary? They just crash now and the next five minutes, chocolate, whatever, brings them together, good soup. Huh? Hallelujah. You see the carries always wanting to go home. You give him something, he will be remembering somebody coming to lesson. He says, my brother is at home. He says, brother, somebody that the mother was teaching. You know, they affiliate so easily. They relate so easily. But for an adult, you want to say, it's not my father that gave back to him. He's just coming to our house. I don't even know him. My mother is teaching him a lesson. Or teaching him lesson or whatever, whatever, you know. But this guy, you know, you give him something, he say no. It is a no. My brother is at home, he's coming. There's somebody coming to lesson. I want you to see the spirit of a child. 
the time that God will release this power to, the time that God will really want to minister to, so except you be converted. So there is repenting. There is oh, converted. You often ask people, are you converted? Converted to become what? Now, we think we convert to become Christian. God is saying convert from being a Christian to a baby and get the kingdom. So there is a constant conversion from the world to Christianity, from what you call Christianity to a child who knows nothing. Then grace is released. Can I hear an amen to that? Okay. Okay. Now, Matthew 6.25. Matthew 6.25. Hallelujah. You know that very well. I just read it. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or not yet for your body. What you shall put on is not a life more than meat and the body than raiment. Does children think this way? Huh? That's carries there. I don't think he has anything. In fact, his own eyes, you finish your Bible study. He's even very busy there. He doesn't bother about what you're doing. He's in his own world. Let the thing be finished and then go back home. The car is ready. He doesn't care. He doesn't even know how to buy the fuel. The petrol is none of his business. And his food is guaranteed. His home is guaranteed. And if there's no light, the father will suffer today because he will cry out there's no light. Do you have God as your father? That's the question. Because if you have God as your father, you are taking two more responsibilities. Even the one your father was supposed to take, you want to take it. How can you get from God now? Are you getting what I'm talking about? That is the problem now. So how can you praise God? Because the thought of what you are going to eat, the thought of what you are going to wear, will wear you down that you can't even praise him. <laughs> you are so weighed down. Rent has not been paid. Food is not in the house. Clothes are not there. You have one party. You want to sew a new dress. How can you praise him? Let us... Do children think that way? That's my question. But he's saying the only man that can receive this power is to become converted like a little child. Get converted like a little child. So there's a place for repentance. Some of us need to really repent to come to this place that I'm talking about. So that when you wake up in the morning, there's a flow of his grace in your life. There is that garment of praise that rests upon you and remove the spirit of heaviness from your heart. You just know that God is alive. He, he lives forevermore. You just know it. Hallelujah. So I said, we should be clean from all sorts of spiritual defilement and anxiety. No kind of Christian can truly praise and please God. A child is a symbol of innocence and purity of heart. Am I right? have to be there because he's going to perfect praise in the mouth of babes, not the mouth of adults who knows everything. Some that will know too much. I used to have this simple thing God ministered to years back and I think I spoke about that. You know, look at here guy. Here guy was crying. Huh? But the baby was just there also as well. And, and there, but there's a well there. She cried so much that she couldn't even see the well. The water she was looking for was right by her side, but her eyes were so blinded because of tears. Until an angel came and said, look at this, a well by you there. And I love what God said. He said, I've heard the cries of the child, not your own. So if you like, cry. 
After that, the angel says, you go back home to go and make your mistress. You may be running away. It doesn't make sense. The understanding is that you have to serve this woman. Because this child will get an inheritance from Abraham. So go back home. Don't carry your mature mentality and take the child away from, my, from his inheritance. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? So go back home. Say my mistress is tormenting me. Say, I agree. You go back. And that's the issue. We have to get out of I know it all and petty things prick us our mind. We can't have good relationship with people, minor things turn our head and all wrong thought begin to run through our mind. Somebody is speaking, you are reading meaning, maybe he's saying this to me. Why is he saying this? Too many investigations that makes no sense. Somebody I'm not even finished speaking, you have interpreted what the person is saying. So I know your mind. How did you? You're always a mind reader. I know your mind. I know where he was going to. How, who told you that? How you, <laughs> there's a problem. I know where she was going to or he was going. How did you know where she was going to? Who are you to know people's mind? Huh? Hallelujah. You can, you can even know your mind. But I don't even believe you know your mind. Not the talk of knowing somebody's ex mind. Do you know your mind? Huh? Your mind, which is the heart of man, that is desperately wicked. The Bible says, who can know it? Now you are saying, I know. What did you know? You are just presuming. And presumptuousness itself is sin. Can you imagine people are just discussing, I'm not finished. I know where you are going to. Who told you that? Allow the person to finish speaking. Some of us are very hasty. We don't allow people to learn before we conclude. Huh? Because we think we know what the person is saying. And then we end up in error. Create more problem. God help us. Okay. I have a question here. Where and who can truly praise God for acceptance? Where and who can truly praise God for acceptance? Talking about the power that can enable you to overcome. Amen. Psalm 100, write it down, Psalm 100 verse 4, Psalm 107 verse number 32. I'm going to read all of that. Uh, okay, let's start from Psalm 100 verse number 4. Are we there? Enter his gate with thanksgiving, and into his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Where? Then verse, I mean, Psalm 107 verse 32. Let them exhort him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Hallelujah. Okay, just take another scripture before we speak. Psalm 102 verse 18. Psalm 102 verse 18. This shall be written for the congregation to come. And the people which shall be created shall do what? Shall praise the Lord. I want you to know that because it's very important. The people that shall be created shall praise the Lord. Okay? Just go to Ephesians 4. Let me read this and then say a word on this. Ephesians 4. Let's look at 22 down. Ephesians 4. 
22. Now you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We are for putting away lying, seek every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to see that simple scripture. The people that have created are crazy Lord. Sometimes we often say, creation is finished. Yes, in one sense. But creation continues. If you take time to read the psalm, the scripture says, you send forth your spirit and they are created. Now, if you look at that, it said, the people that shall be created, it is written, the people that shall be created, or the generation to come, shall do what? Shall praise the Lord. That means there's a crop of people, and remember he said, enter his gates, which has to do with those in the house of God, those going to the house of God, those who understand what it means to be in the house of God, who have received a new spirit, who have become new species upon the face of the earth, they have the power to praise the Lord. Meaning, if we are truly born again, if we are truly received the spirit of adoption to become children in the house of God, we are no longer part of our old selves. So what used to weigh us down can no longer weigh us down while we are in the house of God. If, for instance, it, there was a time where if there is no money in your pocket, you get mad, it can no longer be so because you are a new creature. Money can no longer determine your job. Do you understand what I'm saying here? He said, the people that shall be created shall do what? Shall praise the Lord. So enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his court with praise. Court of the Lord. Because you are a new being, new spirit. He put on a new man. Hallelujah. Are we there? So acceptable praise to God can only be given by those whose mind have been renewed. In the church and everywhere else, as empowered by the Spirit. Because in where and how. We're talking about as you come to fellowship, there is a renewing of your spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit that comes into your life to give you a new birth. You can worship God, you can praise God from that dimension because you're in presence. Don't you forget this. In the presence of the Lord, there's what? Fullness of joy, not joy, fullness, not just full joy, fullness. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. So if there is joy, the next thing that follows joy is what? Praise. If you're happy in your heart, you definitely sing praises to God. Am I right? Praise God. All right. So you find that your joy, fullness of joy, does not come by the things you have. Because, like Luke would say, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he does possess. So what you possess can give you life, therefore it can give you joy. Because joy, happiness, synonymous to life. He's such a happy man, he has got a good life. Now, if, if the things you possess can give you joy, it simply means there is nothing in creation that can truly give you the joy that we're talking about, that can enable you to praise God the way you are supposed to praise God, for God to accept your praise, to come to his throne. Nothing in creation can make you produce that kind of joy. Nothing. 
Hallelujah. Okay. Let's just look at this so that uh, we'll be going now. Okay. What are some of the benefits of giving praise to God? I know you will like this one. What are some of the benefits? Psalm 106 verse 47. Can you even see that David was such a good singer, but he was so much in the midst of all the troubles that he was passing through. Even before he was crowned king and Saul was after him, he was always a lonely man in the bush, taking care of the sheep and all of that. He was alone, nobody was with him. And deers would come, tigers, whatever, would be coming around him. But he was such a lonely man. And so, I think he was always having his attention on God because he was alone. There was no distraction. Amen? Okay. Psalm 106, verse 47. He said, Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heading to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. I want you to know the word triumph. We get victorious in giving praise to God. To triumph in thy praise. Triumphing victory comes through praise. Hallelujah. Save us, O Lord, O Lord our God. Guard us from among the heading to give thanks unto the holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, number two, Psalm 27, verse number five and six. Amen. For in the time of trouble, are we there, verse five, Psalm 27? In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in, the, in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifice of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto who? Unto God. Why? Because there is a hiding place even in the midst of the praise. Hallelujah. Talks about hiding the pavilion, tabernacle. I mean, the secret place of his tabernacle. He's just talking about same secret place of the Most High. Psalm ninety-one. Amen. I will sing praise. He said, "In the midst of my enemies, I will lift up my hand, though they are round about me." Hallelujah. Sacrifice of joy. And I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto who? Unto God. Hallelujah. Okay, if you look at, we know that before, I'm just going to analyze some things. So, just write down 2 Chronicles 20, 15 to 25, Jehoshaphat. Just write down 2 Chronicles 20. Hallelujah. 2 Chronicles 20. And I'm reading 15 to 25. So you're going to mark a few scriptures. We're not going to read all of that. Because there's no time for that. So you're going to look at verse 22. 
And I'm just going to tell you what I pick up from verse 22 where you read the whole of that passage. Verse 22. It causes God to get to set traps for your enemies and even destroy them beside principalities and powers. We have much enemies as anger, doubt, depression, obsession, oppression, jealousy, etc. Remember that? That can be destroyed through the power of praise. Verse 22. You know, when they were praising God, God set a trap or an ambushment against the enemy. Do you understand what I mean there? That's what I want to pick out from you. You know the story of Jehoshaphat now, right? When they sang, go around, and the wall of Jericho fell down. Is that okay? And all of that. Fine. That's what I'm saying. The Bible said when they started singing praise, God set an ambushment against the enemy. Right. That's what I want to bring out here. So the power of praise in your life will cause God to set traps for your enemies and it will destroy them. And like I said before, beside what you call principalities and powers, most of the enemies in our life are simply things like what? Anger, doubt, unbelief, depression, obsession, oppression, jealousy, eh? malice. Just name it. All those things that we inherited from Adam, they are out there. Pride. Huh? Good. The power of praise will cause God to send a bushman against this spirit in your life that they will no longer function. God can literally destroy these spirits in your life. Do you understand what I mean? I'm talking of the benefit of praise. All right. In verse 25, if you look at the Bible, verse 25 of that second Chronicles 20. It turns back to you the riches, inheritance that are yours in God. It turns back to you the riches, which is the inheritance, that are yours in God. That which God has for you, you can receive when you come into the spiritual praise. As you exalt his name, as you glorify his name, as you magnify his name, you come into the place of inheritance. There are things that are yours. You remember? They defeated Jericho, they possessed Jericho, and everything that was supposed to be theirs finally came into them because it was already a land that was given to these people. Is that okay? Hey, are you there with me? Right. So praise will turn back to you the riches or your inheritance that are in God. Those things that God has already prepared for you, as you keep worshiping him, he releases them. Hallelujah. Don't forget what we, what we spoke about last week. The Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. Is that okay? That means the praising, when we're praising God, God, you, you, you cannot build in a house for God. He inhabits the praise. He manifests himself through praise. When you're praising God, God is making himself real unto people. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's get down to Acts 16. Acts 16. And... Uh, you know the story of Paul and Silas. You're going to read from 14 to 34, but I'm going to pick a few verses and just say something about them as well. Acts 16, 14 to 34. Praise God. Okay. Now that's the story of Paul and Silas. You know Paul and Silas? They arrested them, put them in prison. Is that okay? Started singing praise. And all of that, I remember when we were young in the faith, we used to sing, sing about that. Paul and Silas, they sang, they praised, and the Holy Ghost came down. All of that. So maybe we were using that to bring down the Holy Ghost. But the question is, how many of us can truly be in prison 
and still be singing praises. That was the issue. You are arrested. You are in prison. I mean, it's not as if they said they are going to arrest you. You are already arrested. You are in prison. Maybe it's already in the night. You know you are not coming out. You don't have any hope of coming out. You don't, you don't even have any conviction because you don't have any nothing to indicate that somebody wants to intercede for you or speak on your behalf. But all of a sudden you see yourself singing praises to God in the midst of the dead night. Uh huh. That's what I mean. Okay. Praise the Lord. So, now, you, you check that out and see what I mean by that. So, uh, it's, it's, it's quite uh, an issue. Uh, what is this? Okay, okay, okay. What have I got here? I think I'm getting my scripture a little bit wrong. It's not uh, 16. This 16 I quoted is the issue of the python woman and all that. About the same story, remember what led to their being in prison. You know the story? The divination girl that was speaking about them and then the, uh, they stopped the girl from seeing vision for them. Let me put it that way. Is that okay? That was led to the issue. That's the, that's the background to the story. Is that okay? All right. So, the people came and said, these men are stopping their businesses from flourishing. And that is what led to their being arrested. Is that okay? All right. <clears throat> so now, if you look at verse 26 of this uh, passage. The Bible said when we started singing, the foundation of the cell was shaken. Is that okay? Verse 26. Praise the Lord. So praise shakes the foundation of prison, spiritual and material conditions wherein the sons of God abound. Praises can shake the foundation of any form of prison, whether spiritual or material, that are bound in you. In other words, they can be loosed with the power and the spirit of praise. Hallelujah. So, whether it be financial condition, material condition, whatever the case may be. I gave you a story here sometime. You know, the power of joy is so heavy. I read this material, the story of a man, I think in the United States. She had uh, elephantiasis. I mentioned that some time ago, remember? Right, she had elephantiasis. She went to the doctor. They'd done everything they could. There was no headway. The leg was just rising. And one day she was coming back from the clinic, as the case may be, and then she... I mean, he branched this store and I bought this, uh, this humor, just a CD, laughter for laughter, you know, comedy CD. And then came back home, put in this thing, told him, if the leg wants to kill him, fine. Let him just be happy before he dies, you know, whatever the case may be. So put in the CD, and we just were laughing and just laughing, you know, things like that. And that was going on for almost about three, four days. Only for him to discover that the more he was just smiling and laughing, the leg was drying up. The leg finally got dried up. He went back to the doctor. The doctor said, how did you get that CD comedy? <laughs> the power was flowing from within. You see, sometimes when the Bible tells us that the power of life, creation from within, it is really true. Everything we can ever imagine is from within us. Hallelujah. That's how the man got healed of elephantiasis. Just comedy. Laughing. You know, have, you, have you laughed to the point where your ribs begin to pain you? That is an exercise. 
Huh? Hallelujah. I'm not talking of just dry smiling, but you've laughed to the point where your ribs, tears. Do you know what I've left your body that day? You can't tell. So much. Hallelujah. <laughs> Job the Lord is our strength, the Bible says. Okay. So I say open doors. Is that okay? And then here I'm also saying that it opens doors of oppression to spiritual and material liberty. It loses the place, it takes you to freedom. Okay. And then number three, it loses the bound of fetters of satanic and negative influences. And one of them is oppression or depression. When you are depressed and you, you kicked into the spirit of praise, you know the spirit of depression must go. Am I right? Good. So, that's what I'm saying here. It loses the bound, the fetters of all satanic and negative influences in your life. It can literally lose them. We are supposed to be sorrowful. The Bible talks about giving us the garment of what? Of praise and the spirit of joy in place of that of heaviness. Heaviness. So God lift out such spirit when you begin to praise him. Verse 27. You know, in verse 27, if you look at the picture there, the Bible tells one of the jailers was almost wanted to kill himself. Huh? Yeah, one of the jailers was almost going to kill himself. So, what does praise do? It creates a reawakening in the heart of those who are spiritually blind. Because you can picture what happens when we truly come to God and begin to praise God. And people just come here and be wondering what is Now, think about that. It is just like what happened on the upper room. They came down speaking in tongues and they thought they were drunk with wine. Because another atmosphere was created and awakening began to come. What is happening there? Why are these people so happy? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse number eight says, You know, Paul and Silas said, Don't bother to run away. We are not, we are not. We have not escaped. We are still here. The doors were opened. They didn't run. Is that okay? The doors were opened for them to escape. They never escaped. They were there. And they have to speak to the jailer. So I said, it produces faith and boldness with a compassionate heart. Because you are in his presence, your life is transformed. Okay. Verse 29 and 30. It causes your enemies to bow before you. You become their leader. Because remember, they have to be the one to take care of the jailer now. Hallelujah. Who almost wanted to kill himself. Hallelujah. And then verse 30, 31 to 34, he sent forth a saving grace to the unbelievers. He sent forth a saving grace to the unbelievers. Praise the living God. So, I'm trying to say all these benefits and more cannot be yours if you are a kind of Christian and you are still living in sin because it bounds you. That speaks of the realm of dead. Ephesians, remember Ephesians 6. I mean Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 in particular. Hmm? Say, you were dead in sin and 
trespasses. And the word says, the dead cannot praise the Lord. Do you understand what I mean by that? Good, that's what I'm trying to say. You who were dead in sin and trespasses, how they quicken. Okay? All right. So here we see, if you're living in that condition, you can truly praise God. That's what I'm trying to say. A little wonder then that we do not really see God inhabiting the praises of his people to date because most assemblies are made up of unconverted converts. Most of us are not converted. Because for you to be converted, you know what that means. You have to become converted like what? A little child. So, we are converted, but we are not converted. Does that make sense? No, you're not picking me again. You, you got that? For you to enter the kingdom, you must be converted like a little child. Fine. So, what do we find in church? Unconverted converts. We have so many people who claim to have been converted, but they are not what? Converted. Meaning, we are too mature for God to use. This is why our praise is not producing. This is why our praise is not bringing results. This is why our praise, God doesn't seem so inhabiting our praise because we are too mature for God to move into our midst. We are more of unconverted converts in most assemblies because there are even some assemblies where people can talk to each other because they are afraid of each other. They are suspecting each other. Especially where you talk so much about demons and witchcraft and, you know, there are some people you can't sit nearby. Right? What kind of praise are you going to praise in that kind of situation? What kind of praise is that? When your heart, huh? So you're praising you, you're looking and see, and then you're moving this way, clapping and moving this way. So by the time the praise is finished, you've changed your seat. And you want God to come into the midst of such congregation? That's why we're not getting results. Because we're not free. Hallelujah. But there is so much we can benefit. There is so much that God will want to do. There's so much that God intends to do if we truly can become converted again like little children. Let's live a very simple life with one another. Even at home. Husband and wife, children, mother. Live a very, very simple life. God will inhabit the praise of his people. God bless you.